And welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, John Horton and Matt Piscazzi. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all of your continued love and support. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Icetime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, shoot us an email at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will be released Mondays and Fridays every week, giving you the news and segments and pieces that you are looking forward to. Stay tuned for the end of this episode for our segment of Mystery Monday and Light the Lamp. And without further ado, I will shoot it over to Matt to get us started. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad to be back on the mic. Uh, so it is Super Bowl Sunday today, so I know everyone's mind's uh, not really on hockey. So I'm just going to run through some of the you know prominent news stuff here, uh, get some of our thoughts out here, uh, give you guys a shorter one, and of course we'll give our thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. But uh, yeah, so I'll get started here. Just got a couple of uh, quick news things, and then we'll get into some of the, the heavier hitters. Um, so if I had to ask you right now, John, how many points and goals do you think Alexander Ovechkin has? Just to start off this little combo. And then, oh, okay, all right. So I know he was struggling to start points and goals. All right, goals. I'm going to go with, we're in February. Hmm. Man, I, I feel like this is not going to be the answer, but I would, I would like to think 20 at his age, his skill. And points, um, 43. Okay, so I knew you were going to be surprised. And actually, funnily enough, if you... Um, so it's, it's 12 goals. 12 goals and oh. 35 points. So oh. if you had the goals right, you would have had the points exact because you said 43. Um, and if you minus 8, that's 35 points, which is how many he has. You oh. said 20 goals. Take away 8. He's got 12 goals. That's how many he has. Uh, really, really shocking. I mean, I, th- I think oh. we finally saw the age hit Ovi. Which none of us ever expected to see happen. He has uh, been last year, right? Yeah, no, he and he's a tank, man. He's one of those. He is a old school power forward who has a, just a nasty shot. You know, you don't really see a lot of guys that play the game like he does anymore. He is your two way power forward, six uh, three, big guy out of Russia. So yeah, weird to see those numbers. You know, you just don't expect to see it. The uh, reason I bring him up though is uh, in their three win over, excuse me, three zero win over the Bruins on this uh, Saturday, yesterday, last night. Um, he did break the empty net record with his 57th empty net goal. I think it was passing uh, Gretzky for that. So congratulations to him. Not a record that uh, anybody really cares about, but kind of just one of those things that's it's neat, you know, kind of goes into the whole story of Ovechkin, you know, him and his scoring. Uh, and also, interestingly enough, in the past four games, he's got a goal in each of those games and an assist in two of them. So maybe huh. this is where we see Ovi kind of pick it up a little bit. I mean, he has a third of his goals all year in the last four games. Kind of crazy when you say that out loud. Um, considering, you know, how much he has, we have seen him score in the, in, you know, his career and in the recent years in particular as well. So yeah, hopefully he can pick it up. You know, I, as much as I don't like him in the Capitals, I, I want to see him score. I want to see him break that record. I think he deserves it. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to keep our eye on that. Uh, another big milestone here, uh, different, you know, totally different conference, uh, over in the West, Marc-Andre Fleury hit his thousandth game milestone. Uh, so the wild, they did a, you know, whole kind of like tribute for him. He got a really cool stick as well. Uh, and actually, in that game, he ended up uh, pulling out the W against the Penguins, the team that he played, uh, you know, large majority of his uh, tenure with. And we were actually talking about this on Friday. Did he win two or three cups with them? It was three, wasn't it? I think he won three. Yeah, I think he won three. I think it was three. three, yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting note. Um, and I'll ask you now, John, actually, after we had that whole conversation. So just for, for preface, um, you know, me and John were together on Friday. We went skiing. We had an awesome time. Um, and actually, he had brought up to me. He was like, you know, I think Flurry might be a little overrated. And I was like, okay, like not a bad point. Um, I just want to see his kind of his career numbers because I'm not as familiar with his early, you know, his early, you know, his uh, early career is what I'm looking for. So we kind of go through all the stats and stuff. And so after we have that whole conversation, I'm going to ask you right here on air, do you still think he's overrated? <laughs> that is a great point. Um, and yes, we did have a great time skiing for anybody who's wondering again. 
Um, after looking at the stats again, a lot of recency bias. No, I, I don't think he's overrated. Um, I think it might. I think sometimes people, and then where I got it from too is you know he was a first overall pick back in two thousand three, and he has bounced from team to team lately. And um, but like you said too, and I've witnessed it firsthand uh, last year when I saw the Wild play the Rangers and Panarin won the game for the Rangers in overtime. Um, some games Flurry looks like a bona fide backup, you know, letting in four goals, and then other games he looks like prime Martin Brodeur making saves that you would think a 22 year old would make, not a 30, what is he, 38, I think, year old make. And yeah, uh, he's, he's old. Yeah, and he's also a great, great character. He's always funny. Um, he sticks up for people and cultures, and he, and he seems just like an incredible guy. He's second all time in wins. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he will pass Martin Brodor. I don't think really anybody will. Uh, yeah. At like 600 something, because he's at 550 something. Yeah. Um, and being on the wild right now, where they are struggling this year, which sucks because we were high on them, but yeah, they, they've had a collapse, unfortunately. Uh, partly due to another person we were high on, which was Gustafsson, who crumbled yeah. this season hardcore God. so i guess without further rambling and nonsense no he is not overrated yeah no i like that i think you had all really good points there and he is actually 39 uh, he turned, turned oh, wow. 39 the end of november this year yeah so i hope he's 40 this november which is just wild i mean i think the reason you see so much talk about him um just to kind of close this up and then I'll, I'll move on uh like you said he is such a good guy like he's funny uh, you know they call him flower uh he's a prankster He's really easy to like, you know, he's good with the good with the media, good with the kids. Um, you know, he, he's out there in the community doing good stuff. So you really want to like him, you know, as much as you may not like the team that he plays for at the time, you want to like him as a person. So I think that's why he gets a lot of the media attention. And just like you said, the recency bias, um, you know, the, the end of his career here, he's been a little up and down. He's been a little bit inconsistent. But, you know, when you extrapolate that over his career, when you look at his numbers, they are incredible. And uh, yeah, we had to had to give the respect to him. So I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of get that on the air here. Um, Another kind of, you know, close to record. I know those were two pretty big milestones. Um, so the Oilers did not even tie the record. Um, not that 16 wins in a row isn't very impressive in and of itself. But that win streak did end the other night when they played the Golden Knights. And uh, you had actually brought to my attention that it was last night they lost. Um, again, what team were they playing last night? I, told, I just totally forgot again. They were playing the Knights. I mean, or they were, oh, they were playing the Kings. The Jesus. Kings. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we were playing the Kings. Yeah, close enough. They have Pacific. They're all they're all in the top four in the Pacific. But yeah, and I guess they just lost to the Kings four uh, zero, and uh, McDavid was not happy about it. But uh, I saw an interesting little stat about their win streak, which I'm gonna kind of lay out there and then ask you what you think about the win streak after hearing this. So that 16 win streak, right? At the time, this is yeah, this was the 16 wins they have. Ten of those wins came against teams that were 20th to 32nd in the league. Two of those wins came against teams that were 15th to 20th in the league. Three of them came against teams that were 10 to 15th in the league. One came against teams that were 5th to 10th in the league. So of those 16 wins on that streak, they had one win against a team that was, or I guess I should say four wins against teams that were in the top half of the league. One of those wins was against a top 10 in the league. So basically, my thoughts (laughs) that it is, when you look at that, this is not nearly as impressive um, but I'm interested what you think about that. Uh, I, I, it's a good point because um, when it was happening, I saw a lot of the, the comments. People were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, getting it against teams, you know, bottom 500 teams or whatever. Like, people were just throwing that out there, and I thought it was just kind of like a, a joke on the Oilers type thing. But then seeing the breakdown and seeing you explain it, um, <laughs> it's not surprising because, again, you know, we've talked about this team 
Um, you have the best player in the world on it. You have another probably two to five best player in the world in Leon Dreisaitl. Evander Kane's been having a great season this year, really trying to pull himself out of uh, out of the debates of him not being the best he can be. Uh, Nugent Hopkins has been solid again. Um, Darnell Nurse is Darnell Nurse. Uh, and uh, Stuart Skinner's been playing a little better, but still, you know, not not fantastic. Um, but again, just like the Maple Leafs we'll get into later, it's the same broken, boring, um, predictable story of just top-heavy and, and not enough focus on structure defensively. Um, and kind of like what we were talking about, too, also on the ski trip, kind of funny. We're talking about Sidney Crosby and just like the incredible player he is and how he's still a point per game player at 35 years old, 36. Um, and you made a good point that I've heard other people make. And Vincent Trocek said recently at the All-Star game, he is the complete player. Um, offensively, defensively, face-offs. That's why he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest in some debates. And, you know, we do say Connor McDavid is the best player in the world skill-wise, but he is still missing, I think, slightly, like you, you said yourself, that complete game defensively. Um, he kind of gives up sometimes. He kind of just expects defense to pick up, which I'm not going to 100% blame him, you know, when he's putting all that work in offensively and he's the captain of the team. Like, you, you want to expect your, de- your, your defenseman to play defense, but mm-hmm. um, there's a reason Sidney Crosby is a three-time uh, Stanley Cup champion. And yes, part of that is um, the Pittsburgh's GM built correctly around a generational player like him and drafted mm-hmm. well with, uh, Malkin and Latang, but you can argue McDavid has the same thing. He has his two players. He he has Drysaddle and I guess Darnell Nurse. You know he's he, he can pick it up from time to time. Sometimes he can collapse. Um, but yeah, I think if McDavid can just really get a little more of that complete game going um, and work on his leadership a little more, because in that game they were losing two nothing. There's a video of him uh, skating over the bench and snapping his stick over his leg. And you know I kind of like that. It shows passion. It shows anger, but. Um, when he did do it, I didn't see a single reaction from anybody else on the bench. Everybody else was just kind of like staring zombie-eyed straight out into the ice like they didn't yeah. really seem to care. And that, weird. that is tough, and that is frustrating. Yeah, and I think just to add on that point before we uh, move on, he seems like a guy that leads by just performance. He doesn't seem like a leader in terms of um, character and you know personality and kind of the mm-hmm. way that he presents himself and talks to you. you know, he doesn't really have much of a personality, if I'm being honest, especially in the media. Um, it's hard to market him because he's just kind of a just a very bland guy for lack of a better term not you know I don't want to offend anybody but he is he doesn't really have a lot to him as a person Uh, it's a lot easier to market guys like Austin Matthews who wear all these flashy clothes and have a lot to say and have the fun mustache and stuff Uh, McDavid is literally you know he gets up there and is just very monotone very kind of matter of fact so I really think that he leads you know via his performance and like you said um, you know, I think that if he can kind of become, and I, I don't think we will see it because I just don't think he's that kind of guy, but if he could become more of that, you know, vocal leader, that kind of guy in the locker room, and maybe there is more of that than we see, but from what we see as fans and from what we see on the ice, uh, it just doesn't appear like that's there. And I think if you really, really want to succeed, you know, night in and night out, season in, season out, you want to be a Stanley Cup champion, you kind of need your captain to be that guy that can get on you and, and motivate you. And I just don't see that from him, you know, and, and like you said, I don't think you're seeing that either. So really interesting note on you know the best player that we've seen in in you know how many years and he just still there's still those holes in his game and and the team that he's playing for and it's just a interesting note you know we'll definitely have more to say on that as the season goes on but uh moving on to probably our biggest uh biggest topic of the day and 
this was just crazy. So uh, last night in a game against the Senators and the Maple Leafs, so a little bit of a rivalry game. Uh, not that the Senators are playing, you know, good this year at all, but uh, it was 4-3 at the time. And, uh, you know, of course, Maple Leafs have their net empty. Uh, they, uh, they're in the uh, Ottawa's offensive zone. Ottawa makes a great defensive play. Puck ends up out to, I think the name is, um, I can't think of his first name. His last name is Grieg. Uh, so it ends up with mm-hmm. Grieg on Grieg or Greg. I, I would assume it's Grieg. I actually don't know how you say his last name. But uh, he ends up with the puck at, at, you know, the middle of the ice. He's skating down to the open net. Nobody behind him. Nobody within, you know, miles of him. Does a slapper into the open net. <laughs> now, <laughs> it was that is, watch. it was hilarious. It and was hilarious. that is an agitator move. As in, you do that to say to the other team, you know, screw you. We're beating you. 100%. Yeah, like, it's just, it adds an, you know, an exclamation point on the win. It, it is a little unsportsmanlike. And especially in hockey, you know, after you do something like that, you expect the other team to get over in your face and be like, hey, yo, what's that? You know, because you're kind of just rubbing salt in the wound, essentially. Uh, but you know what you don't see after that and what you should never see after that is exactly what Morgan Riley did. So Grieg slaps it in the net. He's skating slowly over, you know, over right in front of Toronto's bench, basically. And he's like skating slowly over to kind of, you know, get the claps from his guys. And before he can even get to half, you know, halfway up the ice, Morgan Riley just zooms in out of nowhere, cross checks him right in the head with the butt of his stick. Uh, immediately after, he go, Grieg goes down. He looks hurt for a little bit. He got up and he was fine. But, you know, there's a little bit of a scrum and everything like that. Uh, the commentators on that, of course, it was a Toronto broadcast, cared more about the slap shot into the empty net than Morgan Riley, who, with intent to injure, cross-checked a guy in the, you know, in the head who was not expecting it. Uh, that's not okay. And immediately after the game, they asked Toronto's coach, Sheldon Keefe, what he thought of the response. He said that he thought it was an appropriate response. Uh, and online, all of the Toronto fans are eating this up. They are like, how could you slap it into an empty net? What's the matter with you? And then you have people who are like real human beings who are saying, okay, I understand that that slapper was agitating, but that does not give you the right to go cross-check somebody in the face. And I saw a really good example of this that, that really paints this picture because in hockey, this is different. But in the real world, if, when you, you know, kind of put this in the real world, it makes you think, right? So this was kind of like, um, it was like the equivalent of like somebody like in the office, like, um, and it, it, not that this is like the best example, but like somebody's in the office and you're like you're eating lunch or something and like, I don't know, like they like steal your lunch or do something stupid or, or like kind of like they're like making fun of you or like poking fun at you or whatever. And maybe they like hit a nerve or something and you stand up and you just punch them in the face. <laughs> that's not OK at all. That's assault. That's battery. You just cannot do that. Right. So why is it OK for Morgan Riley to do that on the ice? And so that is kind of my beginning spiel. I'll shoot over to you to get your thoughts on it. I, I think that we're in the same boat thinking that this is just totally ridiculous. Um, I do think that Morgan Riley, this hit should get him suspended with intent to injure. I mean, if David Perron got the intent to injure suspension after, you know, no prior suspensions in his career, I think that was last season. Uh, I don't see any reason that Morgan Riley should not be suspended for at least five games, probably more uh, with intent to injure as, as well, you know, thrown in there in terms of uh, why he can get that suspension, you know, so long. But uh, yeah, really interested on your thoughts on this as well. No, I mean, yeah, it was, I remember watching that. So watching, my reaction real time was, I saw Greg do the slapper. I was like, oh man, that's hilarious. I was like, you know, he's really asking for it. Then I saw Riley skating over. And I was like, all right, you know, this is normal. This is a normal instance. You know, he's going to get in his face and, and fight with him. And then I just watched Riley full-blown, you know, Jason Voorhees try to take Greg's head off like a barbarian. And that's when I that's when my jaw dropped. I was like, "Holy crap! Like that is absolutely insane." Now, of course, maybe someone listening to this where people will say, "Like, oh, well, hockey's supposed to be rough, supposed to be tough, this and that." I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I think it's completely justified that 
players get in your face after you do a showboating slap shot in an empty net or like that. And he did that fully. Grieg did that fully aware that something might come his way. And he saw Morgan Riley coming, but it, <laughs> at no point do you expect to get your head chopped off because, because you did that. I mean, I saw, I saw some, uh, one of the comments was like, someone said, uh, Grieg definitely had manufacturing date and brand on his cheek after that hit from the stick. <laughs> definitely 100%. <laughs> oh it, like thrown into it into his into his head and i saw another person here had, had a comment which was very fair and i like the person used for the example because this person would 100 percent do it because he's a very easily hateable player and easily mm. punchable face none other than mitch marner so this person said if mitch marner took a slap shot in an empty net goal with five seconds left and thomas chabot cross-checked him in the head every single one of the leaf fans would be saying marner deserved it um or everybody, every other, every other fans would have said they deserved it, and the Leafs fans would have been like, what? Oh, my God. Like, what? How could you have done this and this and that? And Sheldon keeps saying that is, I'm going to say, it, it's, it's soft. It's ridiculous. I mean, what do you mean justifiable? I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think as a coach, you want to see your players stick up for your team's honor and, like, obviously get in his face, like, Greg, like, you know, come on, man, you're going to take a showboarding slap shot like that. But um, I don't think you want to take pride in your player almost committing a manslaughter i mean that's that's insane so um i think it's just a testament to this to this team right now um they're fourth in their own division behind the tampa bay lightning who are showing cracks left and right um they're 13th in the league they're at 60 points they're just at 600 uh, you know winning percentage and again, it's just they just signed Nylander to a disgustingly large deal. I mean, looking at Cap Friendly now, you have Matthews, Tavares, and Marner all making north of ten million dollars a season. Um, and then Nylander is after this season eleven million. So that's four players making double digits millions. And if you break down their team, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand um, Brad Chevelling as a GM. I mean, you look here, so you have. Uh, where is it? You have five percent, five point three percent of your cap in goalies. Five point three percent. What what are you saying in the NHL all the time? A coach is only as good as his goaltending. And you spend five percent of your cap on goalies, twenty-four point one percent on defense, which is abysmal. I think it should be a minimum of thirty percent on defense, sixty-five point two percent on offense. And you wonder why you're losing games to a, a lottery team like Ottawa. Mm. And you wonder why you can't figure out what goaltender to put in night in and night out because you have 5% of your, of your, of your cap spent on, on goalies. So anybody that's a diehard Toronto fan, and I like the organization, I do, but um, I don't like how it's being run. And I think it's just painfully obvious that Brad Trevelling and Sheldon Keefe don't know what they're doing because they're, just, they're losing the locker room they're losing the roster. They make bad offseason decisions like John Klinberg thinking he was going to be the defenseman to save the day. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, this doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, I think we agree totally. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, not surprising at all. No. And actually, just a fun, um, just because I was just thinking about this. So next year, that 65%, um, it's actually, well, I guess it, go up a little bit because Neilander is going to get a little bit more money but you know what's even worse you know turn in terms of like looking at traveling in this team when you look at those numbers so you like you said those four guys uh Marners Matthew Tavares and Neilander, with the money they make 
it is roughly, actually, if not over half of their salary cap. So what makes that even worse is that if you take even just 50% away from that 65%, that means they are spending 15% of their salary cap on the other eight forwards. That's How ridiculous is that? You have a lineup where four guys are responsible for 50% of your salary cap. 15% of your salary cap is spread through eight guys. So mm-hmm. if, if every, I mean, I know, and I know like one person is going to get less money, more money, right? Well, if you, if you divvy that up, that's roughly 2% of your salary cap for each one of those remaining eight guys. Say your salary cap is about 80, 80 mil. That's like a typical one, an average one, just, just for some rough numbers here. 2% of that would be 1.6 million on some very rough math. You mean to tell me you're going to have eight guys on your roster making basically a mil and a half, and that's fine. Well, four guys are making roughly 10, 11 mil each, and you think that is a successful build of a team. That is a team that's going to win you a cup. That is a team. Like, no, in no way is that a sustainable, in no way is that a roster that's going to get you anywhere. It does not matter how good those four players play because everybody else on that roster will not be able to make up for it. And like you said, goaltending is always going to be an issue for them until they figure that out. So this is a joke of a franchise right now. And honestly, seeing their fans online, like defending Riley is just, it makes my blood boil. It's like, okay, you can be a fan, but then you can also remove yourself from that and be a real human being and say, that's not okay. Because like I said, in any other realm, in any other world, you cannot just punch somebody in the face because they, they hurt your feelings. Like genuinely, that's not a thing that you can normally do. I know hockey's different. It's a sport. It's a violent sport. All the hits, all the emotion, all the fights, all that kind of stuff, right? But like when you just take that and extrapolate that to something like another field, it just kind of makes you think like, wow, that's messed up. So I, I honestly, I hope that we see a big suspension. He deserves a big suspension. Morgan Riley should not be touching the ice for, for some games here because that is just wildly outrageous. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all we had for some big news stuff. Um, let me get to the Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, I know... I hate the Chiefs. I think you hate the Chiefs too. I don't yeah. think it's any surprise. Uh, I would imagine that we both want the 49ers to win this one. Um, I, and yeah, I, I don't really know that there's much else to it. Um, I actually have them up in my Mystery Monday. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to kind of just leave it at that. I want the Niners to win. Um, but you know, when we get into Mystery Monday, I'll have a little bit more there. But maybe before we move into Light the Lamp, uh, if you just have any you know, little thoughts on the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I would, I would really like um, the 49ers to win. But unfortunately, I think I think the Chiefs win just because of their playoff experience. Andy Reid's play calling and Patrick Mahomes, um, and he has a lot of playoff experience compared to Brock Purdy. Um, it just sucks. Like if the Forty ers are such an all-pro team, if they had a quarterback that was just a little above mediocre, like Brock Purdy, they would be so unstoppable. They would they, they would kick so much ass in the NFL. It wouldn't even be funny. Um, and it's actually. It's a it's a great testament to how well this team has been drafted and signed and and constructed that they can take someone like Brock Purdy and make him a relevant quarterback. Uh, I'm not just gonna make this a you know Brock Purdy shit talk show, but you know he's not like he, I I just don't see him as a championship caliber quarterback. He's just not. It's it's a championship caliber team, and he's there for a lot of the ride. Um, he gets the job done. He he does the the plays that he's told. But you see, he doesn't have the ability to really bomb it downfields, take control of games, um, you know, adjust bad reads like other you know pro quarterbacks are. So if, if the 49ers had a quarterback like that, wow, they would be absolutely unstoppable. I will be rooting for the 49ers. I just logically, I don't see it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll get into a little bit more on Mr. Monday real quick. But um, 
So yeah, I guess I'll just go light the lamp. We'll run our light the lamp real quick here. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly I didn't see a ton of like crazy goals. Uh, Lucas Raymond had a kind of nice one, but it was off like a couple like deflections. I honestly didn't even realize like that he ended up with the puck on his stick. Uh, so I actually ended up going with the Sebastian Ajo goal. Uh, I think it was last night when they were in the uh, the old Hartford Whaler throwback jerseys. Mm. So uh, Marty Natchez kind of cuts in the zone, actually makes a really good move. Uh, and I don't even know how the puck ended up in the air, but he kind of takes a shot on net, takes a couple deflections, bouncing off the goalie, and the puck's like in midair. And as Ajo's, you know, zooming down the ice at like 20 miles an hour, he just bats it out in midair, goes short side right past the goalie. Uh, you know, you watch that thing at full speed, and you're like, how, what, you're, you know, you're turning your head, you're like, how did that end up in the net? So uh, yeah, it was, I thought that was a really interesting one. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I got for my life to land. Nice. Mine is nothing special, but we did just talk about it, and I just put it in because I think it's hilarious, even though they, they oh, yeah. the outcome, but it was... Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Grease, Grease, right? Grease? I think it's Grieg. It's, it's Grieg. G-R-E-I-G, which I, is like sounds like Grieg to me. I don't yeah. know. It's Grease yeah. because um, you just don't really see that because most people know the retaliation that's coming. So the fact that, yeah. the fact that he did that is just, it's just so funny to me. Um, I think part of it was because they were home and he was feeling the crowd, so I think that's why. But uh, yeah, that's mine. True. Nice. No, I like that. So uh, yeah, I think you want to roll your mystery Monday. Yeah. Um, my mystery Monday. It's back to good old Alberta, Canada. The Oilers, Edmonton Oilers. Um, will they maintain a winning mentality and streak? Um, I know they lost their 16 game win streak. We kind of broke that down. Uh, they just got embarrassed by the, the uh, I almost said the Golden Knights again, Los Angeles Kings. Um, so for me, it's just, will they be able to um, keep the ship heading straight forward and be a serious team in, uh, in postseason competition? Hmm. And I guess also will the 49ers win the Super Bowl? No, neat. You know what's funny? I actually also had the Oilers. Totally. Oh, we didn't cool. play in this. No, we did not. Yeah, we didn't. My mystery was literally, how is the next five games going to go? Because I thought this was an interesting five games they have here. Um, so they have, oh, excuse me. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Wow, man, um, oh, thank you, thank you. So in those five games, uh, they got the Red Wings, the Blues, the Stars, the Coyotes, and the Bruins. So, um, you know, in there, the Stars and the Bruins are units this year, both really good teams. Uh, Red Wings have, have surprised a lot of people. Uh, you know, they're, they're a really good team here. I think they're finally going to be able to make the playoffs here. So that's a, you know, a pretty good team. Coyotes have been a surprise, uh, but, you know, they're not, they're not really a top-tier team by any standards, and neither are the Blues. So I think you'd expect them probably to win uh you know at least two probably three of these five games but you know with that that's that's the mystery right we don't know how it's going to go um you know are we going to see those locker room issues are we going to see the goaltending issues come back up or are we going to see them kind of continue to to fire the way that they have under knoblock for those you know 20-ish games he's been there and then yeah the super bowl i just had a, a couple fun questions uh and actually by the time every, you know we're listening to this episode we'll have the answers to these but you know for my mysteries for the super bowl i have of course who's going to win uh are the refs going to suck are we going to see some calls that make absolutely no sense my bet would be probably the Chiefs are playing, so they're going to get some, I, I you know, guarantee you there's at least one or two calls the Chiefs get that make absolutely no sense, but you can't review them and you can't talk about them and the league wants them to happen because then the Chiefs win and they get more money and Taylor Swift. So we're probably going to see some stupid calls. Um, how's the halftime show going to be? I like Usher. Curious how that's going to go. Uh, the Riri one last year was pretty good. So, you know, hopefully the, half, the Usher one will be good. Uh, I'm also wondering the over under on how many times we're going to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's so uh, I wouldn't. I think they should throw that out on FanDuel. I don't know if that's not a thing. There's got to be an over under on that somewhere. Uh, if not, that's a friendly bet. I got to make with my cousin because there it's probably way more times than it should be, uh, and way more times than uh-huh. I want to see. And yeah, and then I think lastly, uh, are they going to be good commercials? You know what I mean? I think the last few Super Bowls we've had maybe one or two, but I remember the early 2000s, like when we were growing up, man. 
There oh were some God. great, some classic commercials coming out. Uh, I do think that Budweiser is going to bring back the Clydesdales this year. Mm. I think they want to get away from all like the Bud Light stuff. So, uh, you know, they kind of want to get back to, to that old school, you know, American feel. So, yeah, hopefully we get to see the Clydesdales. I do love those commercials. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot of questions there. Like I said, we'll have the answers to them tomorrow. But uh, you got any thoughts or you want to close out? Um, I think the over-under for the Taylor Swift thing, I think, I think over 15 times under 15. I think that's i'm gonna go with that Ooh, okay i see if that is the number um you know i i think i'd have to take the over on it i do mm, okay which sounds crazy but i just i mean come on man every time they score a touchdown <clears throat> every time travis kelsey does anything every time they even have like special infographics they pull up with pictures of taylor swift i'm like we're watching a football game excuse mm-hmm. me like so I would probably take the over on that. I'd probably take the over on anything under than 20, honestly, just because I think they're going to be obsessed with her, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll give my uh, closing thoughts, and then you want to close this out? Sure. All right, awesome, awesome. So, yeah, got a really good one in here. Um, went a little longer than we thought, but it's all good stuff, all good stuff. Really good conversation here. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, like we mentioned on the last episode, we are, uh, we're cooking up a little trade segment, trade talk about the Rangers. Um, we just thought with the Super Bowl today, you know, people aren't really, and especially with that Greek slapper, um, you know, people aren't really going to care as much about uh, hockey and, you know, the Rangers in particular, everyone's going to be all about the Super Bowl. People are probably at Super Bowl parties right now, setting up and, and drinking, eating chips and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, we have that one lined up. We're hoping Thursday we'll, uh, we'll get that out to you guys. Uh, it'll be the middle of February, a couple weeks to go till the break. So that'll be a really interesting one for you if you look forward to. But uh, yeah, another great episode here in the books. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And I'll shoot over to John to close us out. Thank you again, as always, for all the love and support. Tell everybody you know and will know about the show. Hope you enjoy the Super Bowl or enjoyed the Super Bowl when you're listening to this. Um, don't forget to check us out in our socials that we plugged before, Icetime9899, on Twitter and for Gmail. And uh, have a nice, safe, fun weekend. And we will catch you on the next episode.